Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Today on Vulnerable, I get the chance to speak to a wellness dream team, Mel Samuels and Melissa Coulier, living well with Mel and Mel. Uh, one is a holistic nutritionist who has struggled with disordered eating, and we do talk about that, so there are some themes of that in today's episode, as well as Melissa Coulier. She's married to the actor Dave Coulier, but more importantly, she is a wonderful uh, celebrity fitness instructor who has been living with lupus for quite some time. So we get into it today, all things wellness on Vulnerable. Hi, Mel's. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I love that. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm really excited to chat today. So happy to be We're here. We're so excited. Thank you. I'm just uh, I'm just hanging out with some friends today. It's kind of fun. I love it. A little yeah. coffee chat. Yeah. A little, a little morning, almost like brunch vibes. Yes. New studio. Yes. Good vibe. There's there are good vibes. Yes. Definitely good vibes. I feel like today. this is like good things happen in this building. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I was actually thinking about because like vulnerable is generally a pretty like heavy. We have some. Mm -hmm. pre it ranges, right? Like. Right. Um, and today we get to talk about wellness and all things inflammation. Which can be heavy, which but... Can be a lot to unpack. Yeah. But I think like your guys' approach to things is, for lack of a better word, but the most accurate word, holistic, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's what you guys are doing is holistic. But, but what I like to say is that it's an organic approach to uh, taking care of yourself. 100%. Every single person is different and therefore needs different things to be healthy. And I think that's the missing piece of so much of the wellness rhetoric right now. Well, that makes sense for you guys to come on Vulnerable because it's something that we haven't fully had experts come on and talk about. Like mental health is a part of wellness. Uh, it's a part of inflammation. It's mm -hmm. a part of all of that. And it's also a part of your guys' journeys not yeah. your mental health, but I mean, I guess like in general. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, yeah. any time that you're thinking about, you know, specifically like counting calories and making sure that you're fitting into this certain box and especially being, when I was especially living in LA and being a photographer and you're always photographing like all the beautiful people and you're like, okay, I got to be ultra aware and fit into this like little box is she a model like, or is she yeah. the photographer? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we know. all knew that it was the latter. LA is a crazy place. We actually were just chatting about how um, you guys, all, we all kind of live abroad, I guess you could call <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Close, Thousand Oaks, yes. but still abroad. Still not, abroad. Not LA proper. Different different county. Yeah. It is a different county, right? Mm -hmm. It's like right over the line. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm in Austin. Detroit. Michigan. Metro, yeah, Metro Detroit. Yeah. When you come back here, how mm -hmm. do you feel about the I love LA. Okay. So I always come back with like a little bit of this like romanticized feeling because when I left, I was like, oh, I was like really like getting into like, I was just getting into my groove finally. And it and being from LA and getting into the industry, mm -hmm. whatever that industry is, mm -hmm. like once you finally kind of crack into a certain rhythm, you're like, oh, 
now finally, because it takes so long and it's like hard to do that. So you were not a performer? No, photographer. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. But I wondered if like, because a lot of people in LA, we, we all start mm -hmm. as something and then we grow into something yeah. that fits our life and our needs and just like no. our skill sets and, mm -hmm. and like you have many... Many hyphens in your yeah. in your <laughs> yeah. Now it's fully fitness, full wellness. Like that's wait. So have you retired from photography? Not fully retired, okay. but transitioned the way that I shoot and like what I shoot. It's more purposeful for like to make your environment more well and feel good, right? So like our environment's a huge part of how we feel. Mm -hmm. And so creating artwork for homes and wellness centers and stuff like that. So that's kind of the... Wow, that's yeah. really interesting. I was going to say, speak on it. The environment really truly is because mm -hmm. I, I have a very different, like a less romanticized approach to mm -hmm. LA. Uh, and it's not because, you know, I grew up here and work here and, you know, I think it's more or less because I had the worst dating life ever when <laughs> I lived here. Had my heart like just ripped out mm -hmm. and... Um, I could never fully feel a sense of community um, and everyone was very transient in my mm -hmm. life. So yeah. I never really felt like I had a core group of friends. I, I see that for other people and I'm actually very happy for them. And if they happen to live here, amazing. Um, but I, I just, I just, it never resonated with me. Um, and then when I've, you know, moved to Austin, I've actually found a resounding amount of uh, moms, mm -hmm. families, and husbands, by the way, that don't drink. Oh, yeah. And it, they're not, quote, unquote, sober, mm -hmm. right? Like, they're, they're just like, yeah, we just don't drink. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy. Everywhere you go out in Austin, um, there's like three or four mocktail options. I love that. And they're like really good. They have mm -hmm. like seed lip or they have like yeah. all of the, you know, um, fake uh, alcohol type things. Yeah. And um, and I'm like, wow, this is great. Like I can present myself as an adult, you yes, know, with yes. this fancy cup and this fancy yeah. juice yeah. and just enjoy being out. Um, last night I went to uh, Speranza, which was like one of my old haunts. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was like, hey, you guys got a mocktail menu? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I was just so, like, I get it. Like, I get it. That's just not how we roll here. Yeah. All right, cool. In Detroit, there's like, Definitely some really great places that have like now full mocktails, which is so nice for just my husband and I. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys not drink either? No. Nope. Here we go. Yeah. See, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. This is a good. Now I'm not roasting you. <laughs> as I, as Melanie, I sit here okay. with my tequila in my <laughs> I'm totally kidding. This is water. <laughs> hey, man, I would support it, though. Like, I still get it. I'm still down with it. It's okay. Yeah. I still have a kid under two, so no, I'm totally kidding. It's, <laughs> it's alcohol is definitely not something that I would ever recommend to a client, right? <laughs> and then people have said, well, what if I have a glass of wine with dinner? Because I talk about how drinking water with your meals is actually, um, can inhibit your digestive process. So it's really? important to drink water before and after. It's okay. all, I mean, I, I didn't know into, that. I can I'm get like, into the, the boring sciencey uh, nitty gritty with that, but <laughs> People will say, well, what about wine? And I'm like, well, that's that's just not going to be something we talk about. <laughs> that's not going to be a recommendation. Got it. But um, but yeah. I that's mean, so, um, can you talk about the science behind it? I'm actually kind of, let's nerd out. Sure. So I guess. I drink water. I'm like, I drink water like a lot when I eat. Okay. So maybe I'm not salivating enough or something, <laughs> but my husband doesn't. And he's the one with the inflammation, which we'll get into. 
So, so the reason behind drinking water outside of your meals as opposed to during is it's because it dilutes your stomach acid. And your stomach acid needs to be super acidic in order to break down your food properly, in order to identify any pathogens. Um, and if you experience a lot of bloat, sometimes that is because you're drinking too much water with your food. So you're not properly digesting it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those little small things that could make a huge difference. Yeah. And let's talk about how you guys have come together and the focuses that you guys have. You have, you know, obviously your practice together and a website and all the things. But let's talk about just how you guys kind of met and how you decided to come together and be, you know, a powerhouse. Yeah, so we met on the set of Fuller House. Yeah. So my husband, Dave, who um, plays who? the character <laughs> Joey Gladstone, um, the very beloved quote-unquote uncle, which is a debate by all, right? <laughs> um, and Mel was working in production. Okay. The time. Yeah. And so well, we actually met in production, didn't yes. we? Yes. When we talked before, you were like, you know that I used to work with Disney. Yeah. So can I tell the story? Please. It's, <laughs> All the stories are told so here. It was so funny. Right? Like, I, lo- I love the full circle stuff because, so I started out as a PA as when you start from the bottom, you got to do it. Um, did a lot of time in my car in LA, which obviously probably still gives me a little bit of PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where are you going to park? uh, I know I'm like, I know certain people are like, yes, right now. Um, but so I had to do a run to the Disney building in Burbank, which if you've never been there, it is like a very stark building that is very secretive and one elevator leads to the next and it's it's like a, a maze yes. especially for a first time so it's not as disney as one would expect it's not it's actually, it is not it's actually ever, ever since they stopped working in the offices yeah. any of like the life that was there is even been sucked out even more so when i went there it was like it was like the Matrix or something, guys. Yes. Like it was not the same because no one was even even coming to work. Yeah. And so, and Radio Disney that was originally in the lobby there is not there. So like all those, like the lobby used to be almost like um, Good Morning America where it was like you could see yeah. them recording mm-hmm. and like the animated hosts That's were right. in there. So And they had like Disney movies playing. None of it. It was like a totally different experience. Anyway. That's crazy. So I get to the, the floor that I'm supposed to be on and I was, I think I just had. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. 
which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. To give someone a document to sign. And I was so lost because I didn't know the protocol. <laughs> I thought you were an actress. I remember that. Oh, that is so nice. I thought she was an actress. That's yeah. very sweet. Um, I made. just can't believe you remember that. I do. So yeah, I, weird, I was right? lost and I saw you and I was, you know, trying to be very professional and not be like, I know exactly who this is <sighs> in my head. And you were so nice and you helped me. And yeah, you I have to like type in a code. It's like very protected. Like yeah. you have to type in a code to get in. The, yeah. So you got me in there. I was like, thank you, kind stranger. <laughs> <laughs> And I just who I do not know at all. I'm I don't just know your playing name. this super cool. <laughs> I didn't watch you growing up on TV. Yeah, and so I just remember like walking away because you do remember from your experiences like who was nice to you, mm-hmm. who wasn't. Well, and you know yeah. what's also you know? kind of strange is that I remember kind moments, and it's not like it it was it was anything that was hard to do. It's just that. I, I saw you in that moment and I was like, oh, let me, like, I want to be called to action as, mm-hmm. mu- as much as I can um, because I just, you know, I never, I, love I, that. I, I was, I never babysit. Like when I grew up, I never like, I was always the youngest, but I was also kind of like on my own and displaced yeah. from my family being out here and working. Mm-hmm. So like, I never grew up feeling the wholesomeness of like community. Again, this goes back mm-hmm. to community. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and so when I f- see moments where I can lead, step up, and I'm not even talking in, in, in big ways, although I'd, I'd like to grow to make a bigger and bigger impact every year if I could. But in these little ways, it's like, don't be an asshole. Like, help this person out. You yeah. know, like, why would I be an yeah. asshole? That's so Dave strange. Dave always says, he's like, it takes five seconds to go out of your way to make someone's whole life. It's true. Yeah. And he like, did that for us. Yeah, <laughs> and wait, that's right. So y'all yeah. went through him. Yeah. I yeah. love that you guys are navigating my yeah. crazy. Thank you. No, yeah. it's all good. so y'all met on the set, Fuller House. Yes. Okay, and you guys instantly bonded. Were we you PAing? Or you working? No, I was at that point um, production coordinator, and um, I worked very closely closely with Dave. And he was like, "Oh, my wife is also Mel. It's Melissa." And um, he just kept saying, "Like you guys." Are going to be fast friends. You have just similar yeah. energy, and he's like, "I just feel like this is going to be a good setup." So he totally match made us. Yeah. Aww. So then we'd like go on these like hiking dates yeah. and hang out. Yeah, yeah. that's great. cool. Yeah. And y'all t- started to talk about wellness in general. Or? So on one of those hikes, mm-hmm. um, I'll let you. Yeah, I story. just I was vented about how bad my flare ups were at the time for lupus. Right. So I was diagnosed with lupus 2006, and. I had always struggled with how to navigate it. And I just, like many, I didn't love to. (laughs) It's like that comparison of why can't I eat this or why can't I drink this? So instead, I did everything the way that anyone else would and then just masked all the pain with taking medication. So I was on steroid packs, tons of medication. And I was talking to Mel about, I'm just like tired of identifying with pain. Like I was always, it was like, oh, lupus is who I am. Not instead of being able to be like, no, I, it's just something that I have and I manage it. Like I never was able to like get to that point of knowing I could be, have lower inflammation and be pain-free. It was like, I just was always in pain. So we were talking about it. And then that's when she voiced that she was looking to leave production and leave the industry. 
Yeah. So I, um, I struggled with disordered eating when I was in high school. And when you struggle with disordered eating, it never really leaves you. You can, you can go through moments of recovery and you can, you know, think that you're getting better habits, but the voices of somebody who has anorexia, bulimia, or even the, um, the idea of trying to eat quote unquote perfectly, those voices are always there. So those voices for me would come and they would go. And in production, being in front of lots of actresses, being in front of just the idea of doing certain things to fit in costumes was the norm. And that started to really affect me again. I thought I was past it. It wasn't my profession. I wasn't in front of the camera, but I was seeing it normalized. So now, you know, I grew up, I think growing up having, you know, comments from my mom or seeing certain things in the tabloids. Now I had a front row seat to it in person. And I'm assuming it wasn't on Fuller House, right? No, I mean because because I gotta say, like I know Jody, I know Candace, um, and I and I know Dave, and I just don't think anyone would stand for that kind of like no. because they've just been through it, they've had babies, their bodies are you know, not stick figure. So it's like, no. I just feel like there was a, there seems like there would have been a body positivity, but there are certain productions that truly do glorify that stuff. Yes. So of course I'm not, not necessarily speaking of Fuller House. I worked on many shows, right. but just being in that environment, even writing my own stories, that's what these voices would do. So I feel like my, my issues kind of kept simmering again. And I became more fascinated about it than, than worried about my own health. Mm -hmm. I thought, why is this happening? And why am I still falling into this all or nothing mentality with food? And I knew there had to be some sort of a solution. So I looked into holistic schools because the Western medicine options were still, I was looking at their programs and it was still talking about things that triggered me like um, like the food pyramid and certain proportions of things and not really looking at anything else except the food on your plate. So what really drew me to the holistic practice was it looked at your genetics, it looked at your stress levels, it looked at your environmental exposures. It looked at so many things that you wouldn't even factor into what makes you a healthy person. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so anyways, I shared my story of that and I said, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to leave production and I'm going to go back to school and I think I can help you. <laughs> and so, oh my gosh, wow, exactly you were like, we you will be my first patient. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it literally was that. Yeah. And wow. I've been off all medication for seven years. Wow. I have very few flare ups. And when I do, they're just not as aggressive. Well, and also mentally, I think, mm-hmm. like she was saying, if her approach is in all these ways, I'm sure that that transfers over to the way that you teach, right? Yes. And and practice. 100%. Yeah. So, you, so, okay, so we're talking about inflammation, we're talking about disordered eating, we're talking about lupus. There's so many things that I can like go for mm-hmm. here and it's all so cool um, because women don't talk about their bodies enough in a, in a healthy way, in a communal yeah. healthy way. I know women who are scared to talk about you know, there obviously there's a lot of women who um, are concerned about, like, you know, talking about miscarriages and mm-hmm. and and they want to try to, you know, I had a friend um, just share with me something like that, you know, and I was, uh, I, I've had 
two healthy pregnancies. I've had other things happen in my life, right? But I, 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 I just knew I couldn't say much to her. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be present for her because she needed to feel heard. Yeah. Because we've, as women, especially when we're talking about our health, um, it becomes a sort of a minefield where we don't know if we're going to offend or if somebody can relate to us. But uh, in, in the moment that my friend was sharing that, I was like, I just want to be present. And I just mm. want to be there for her. And I don't yeah. want to try to act like I know everything. Yeah. I'm going to stumble my way through this conversation, but at least I'll be present. Um, and so like with lupus, like the only thing I know about lupus is Selena Gomez has lupus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's like as much as I know. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and so lupus is kind of this like mysterious thing that of course we know creates this chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with disordered eating recently, Jeanette McCurdy's book came out and I listened to that and like the back half of that book is very triggering. Yeah. So I would warn anybody from or understanding that that's a part of that. Right. And she talks about a lot of what you just mentioned. You're so like you were saying, you're, you're almost like you stepped out of it mm-hmm. and you were like, let me think about this critically. And so did you just have like a higher power or like what was it that you feel like you were called to like start to help people? I think it started that I wanted to help myself and figure out if it was possible and then share it with others. And I was just, I knew that there had to be some sort of a solution with balance because I found that when I would do, you know, extreme eating, whether it's one end of the spectrum or the other, it never worked, Mm -hmm. right? which seems obvious, but people keep doing it mm-hmm. because they're so afraid they're and groomed. rightfully so. They're groomed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the diet industry. Exactly, which is a $33 billion industry. And what does that say, do you feel it's, like? It, that everything goes back to money. And if you have the tools in order to help yourself become the best that you can be for you, taking apart, like Mel said from the very beginning, we're all so different, right? Bio-individuality is like key, and so we have to treat our bodies as such, mm-hmm. which means we can all have the same cup of coffee, and we're, it's going to affect every one of us differently. Yeah, right? it's going to metabolize yeah. differently, yeah. or someone is because your have- whole lifestyle goes into play when you're talking about it. And mm-hmm. so I think it, you know, if you keep people sick you're able to sell more products. That's a market. Yeah. yeah. That's a marketplace. And if yeah. you think about it, you know, two different people walk into the room and they sit down and they have the same meal. Those two different people just had completely different experiences. Two different meals. Yeah. Same food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so one person was stuck in traffic and they are going through a hard time with their spouse. And the other per- person walked in from a yoga class and they're super relaxed and mm. they had a, a balanced breakfast and their blood sugar is stable. But they're drinking too much water. And the acid is- <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let's get let's get there. But yeah. And so um, so it's going to look completely different mm-hmm. for those reasons. And the diet industry is never going to point that out mm-hmm. because that doesn't work for a protocol. Yeah, I mean, you, you you bring up a really great point. It's like a narrative that they that they feed into, right? It's like the the uh, you know the magazines or whatever, or like when we were briefly talking about um, the uh, what do they call them? Like slim fasts and mm-hmm. Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you wanted to mention about. Of course, yeah. So um, when I was 16, I did Weight Watchers with my mom. Mm-hmm. 
And that it's interesting because before I came on, I I called her and I said, I'm going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And our memories of the situation could not be more different. And I felt that that was actually worth talking about now because I think there's a big generational gap, especially raising an, uh, the raising generations now. We have a different set of expectations for, for things and experiences that can affect our children for the long run. Mm. And I think she remembers it as she was trying to help me. And she was like, yeah, we'll do this together. Like, did she think system. it was like nutritional? Like, did she think well, that was? So I think she did. I think she thought it was going to help help me as a teenager figure out how to be healthy. But what I remember mm-hmm. is a woman sitting, So, and I know the program has evolved a lot since the early 2000s, but I remember sitting in a circle and a bunch of women talking about you know, what they ate that week. And I remember one woman said, I ate four bananas because they're zero points, like in a sitting. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, um, that doesn't seem quite right. That seems crazy. That yeah. seems a little. That seems a little excessive. Imbalance. A little imbalance. Yeah. 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 So, so something like Weight Watchers at the time. Again, it's all about equating your points and giving yourself the, these rules to to get to a certain number. And numbers, as anybody who's struggled with disordered yep. eating, mm-hmm. is like this the epicenter, right? Which essentially is just know. another form of calorie counting. Yes. It is. You're right. And also, it's currency. Mm -hmm. It's currency. It's like when you go back to the money, you're talking about the $33 billion. It's, this is a little off topic, but like TikTok and, um, and just in general with social media, the entire idea is to keep people hooked Mm -hmm. and looking at stuff as long as possible and the conversion rates and like all of that stuff. It's not the idea usually with content isn't let's make the best, highest form of content with the most right. substantial messaging. Like mm-hmm. like what we're talking about is might actually help some people. Yeah, that's I the goal. So. That's the, yeah, I know that to be true yeah. with you guys. Is that's the intention of you guys being called to come on and yeah. I'm happy to have the platform to do that. So it's like a meeting of the minds in that way. But most content is not, you know, um, optimized for that. Yeah, and it goes back to like, I mean, to what you're saying of keeping people hooked, it's kind of that same thing. Well, when you create a diet, then you're able to slap your logo on a front of a product so that it's a convenient way for people to just, while they're shopping, grab that thing that says that on the front rather than like really diving into the ingredients and what are you putting in your body? Yes. So something that Jeanette McCurdy did mention in her book was about the scales, the numbers. Mm -hmm. And of course, like she did have to throw out the Weight Watchers. She had to stop, you know, trying to run marathons. So she had somebody work through her. I'm curious with some of your clients, are some of them coming to you with ED? Um, Usually post ED because I'm not trained to handle somebody who is in the midst of it. They need more serious help. I'm more for people like myself when I left the business, which was having reoccurring thoughts and at a point where you can you can overcome those thoughts, mm-hmm. but just still feeling uneasy. I would tell you that every single person that I see is so insecure about what they're eating because they don't know if it's quote unquote good or bad. So what I really try to help people realize is that they have to find what's good for their body, mm-hmm. not what's good by society's standards, but I look at your genetics, I look at your lifestyle, and I really try to teach people to listen to their bodies. And that's something that we do in our work mm-hmm. a lot together is just try to, I think people are very afraid of feeling hunger. 
mm-hmm. because they're afraid of what they should do with that. Mm-hmm. And if I said you should eat, people are like, what? I should eat when I'm hungry? <laughs> and that's just one of those simple things that that nature gives us that we can listen to, but that doesn't make money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the back, going back to the diets and slapping your logo on a product, mm-hmm. that's all convenience and it's trying to mask the root of what's going on here. Food is very emotional. Mm-hmm. And if we're trying to cover things up, just like we do with our feelings, we're not accomplishing anything because we're not actually eating what our body needs. We're just trying to move on to the next thing. And also, I think what's great about it, in this situation, it's like you're trauma-informed. And even when you're talking about inflammation, you're trauma-informed, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're giving trauma-informed care to people who can hear you out and be like, no, she really, you guys really see what I'm doing. You've experienced mm-hmm. chronic pain. You've experienced that. And you've, and, and so it's m- more of like a mentorship too, in that regard with yeah. the way that you guys are approaching stuff. Yeah, we hope so. That's exactly the, the goal is, it's just the same way that we're, you as mothers can relate to this of like your gut feeling is like telling you something, right? You always kind of know. Yeah, why do they call it a gut feeling? Do you have a scientific explanation? <laughs> it's the water. It's the water. <laughs> it's the acidic water. But it's that same thing of like, you. we know when our body's not reacting to something, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, that it's, let's say, you know, for me, example, I, sugar gives me an immediate migraine. Mm-hmm. Gluten makes me inflame and my joints are like on fire. So alcohol in like is another one. Mm-hmm. So those things, I know that if I'm choosing to do that, I know there's a reaction. So like it took me a long time to become okay with not being resentful. Because it's like I resented the fact that my body was different, therefore I had to treat it differently. Right. And I think like self hatred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's something about going back to community. The diet culture, it does do that, right? Like we we want to be doing what others are doing. We want to have that camaraderie. Well, and how manipulative that they have the ladies sit in a circle like that, you know, yeah. and talk about that stuff. It's very <laughs> it's cultish. So true, right? Yeah, yeah. I felt like, uh, should we blink twice? You know, <laughs> like, let's yeah. get out of here, mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's I'm I'm grateful for those experiences because I know the way that I talk about food in front of my daughter and she's only 18 months. I, <laughs> she's like she doesn't speak. She's yet, like, what she's is my mom doing? Why is she smiling every time she gives me food? No, Aww. but but it's true. I want I don't want to put certain foods on a pedestal. I don't want to make rules around them so that she thinks that she has to do something in order to deserve this specific food. Um, I'm conscious about those decisions because mm-hmm. of my experience, and I'm grateful for that. That's great. I have I have a kid that's like a sugar addict. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard. Yeah, I and remember we talked about that. Yeah, okay. I, and and she and I'm and I'm and I'm like for me with my sobriety, I'm like, is she going to be an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, am I am I messing her up? Like how many years down the line? And am I presenting her with enough options? Even though like I'm always working, so I'm always mm-hmm. kind of got this craze. And I also didn't have the best nutrition growing up, so yeah. it's like I don't know exactly how to role model cooking three meals a day. I was on yeah. set, my mom was with me, or if I was home, we ate massive Italian meals. Mm. Pasta and like stuff that was just really bad for you. And like, like the large- just feeds the masses. Oh, so and we had a hot tray. Yeah. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was like the thing, was like yeah. the foods. 
and it was always a feast, you know? And yeah. so like the way that I identify with food is, is, is not three meals a day that are healthy options. And so I'm, I am struggling with that. I think all of us to some degree, mm-hmm. re- if we don't even realize it can relate, can relate to yeah. this yeah. for sure. I mean, I love sugar too, but it's just the way that I consume it now. Right. So yeah. like cooking, like, I do these cookies that I do with like coconut sugar or I do maple syrup or I do honey, like something that's pure and raw ingredient. But what do you say to someone who's like, I would love to be like eating better, but it's expensive. Yeah. Like, is it expensive? Can you find like... So, I mean, this, it kind of goes back to the the money trail, right? So like doing a diet can also be expensive. Doing healthcare can also be expensive. This is a long haul when you look at the scope of your life, it's it's not this like overnight thing that's going to happen. It's not a, a 90 day plan. It's it's overall. So if that means still, you know, going to a local farmer's market over getting like organic at Gelson's or like shopping at Erwan, like <laughs> you don't have to shop at Erwan to eat. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. I think no. the other thing is just kind of reformatting our priorities because yeah. we don't we don't say that certain things are expensive. Um, like jeans, to think of for example. example. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not you know we're not justifying every purchase that we make, but food I think needs to be put towards the front of our priorities mm-hmm. because food is medicine, mm-hmm. really it is you know, and especially when you're thinking about your long term health. So yeah, I'm maybe thinking of like the life extension mm-hmm. aspect, of absolutely, this and how if you feed your body just crap for years on end. Yeah. It's not going to be good for your heart and et cetera, yeah. all of the things. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the Starbucks people buy every day and you're just starting to add all of that up. So I think if you do sort of rebudget and, and allow for, for the room, if possible, for those quality things, um, yeah. you might be enticed to eat at home more too and make the, the food, the kitchen more of your sanctuary. And we're not also saying that like there are communities that desperately are struggling to have good food put in their neighborhoods. I mean, that is a huge problem and it is a crisis for sure. Yep, it is for sure. And I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we mentioned it. I don't think we have to solve everything. And I (laughs) think that the the service that you guys are presenting to people is more of a mindset and sort Mm -hmm. of you guys being access points Mm -hmm. to, to facilitate those conversations and to, to give that information out. And I think that's, I think that's important to get that message out. Um, so you guys, you guys are working sort of at, what would you say? Like, are you, you're online or you're actively looking for clients? Like, how is it that, how do you feel? (laughs) So we're online. We both have our own practices separately. Um, and so we both do work one-on-one with clients and then as a pair together, we're really trying to create more of a community to help influence individuals to really tune in and listen to themselves so that they can help themselves, right? It's a matter of like giving them the power and the space that's safe and encouraging to move forward. So we have a few different projects. We are going to do an app. Oh, oh there's my <laughs> I would love that. I would absolutely yeah. 100% download your app. That's so Thank nice. you. Just to That's have amazing. it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in your phone and yeah. be like, I need a critical, uh, you know. And sometimes it's as easy as like remembering to breathe before you sit down to eat, yeah. right? Like breath work helped me a lot. And I learned that through Mel's practice of like, just before I sit down, when I call my body, I do like 
four between four to eight deep breaths to just really get myself into a state where I'm like, my body can actually break down the food and process it. I trust you guys. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm like, I want to call you guys because like anytime. Because no, for real, I think it's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about female bodies. Um, you know, I wanted to bring light to the person that I know ha who has chronic inflammation in my life, mm -hmm. which is my husband. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, we talk, you know, we talk so much about how, I mean, women have really high pain tolerances. Like we, yeah. and we laugh about it, right? Like how, mm -hmm. how awesome we are and when men get quote unquote man sick and yeah. we like joke about it. Yeah. And I think it's in good fun, but I do think that they're catching on and they're like, hey, fuckers, like <laughs> I'm suffering, but I'm not gonna speak about it. And we yeah. have, there's certain podcasts, like Man Enough Podcast is really great. Mm. I love Liz Plank, shout out to her. She's been on the pod. <laughs> we're de we're I think it's great that we're trying to destigmatize pain in, in a gendered response, right? Yeah. yeah. And we we did speak about this. Brendan, my husband, was in the Marines, as was your husband. Yeah, <laughs> we have that in common. We actually think they might know each other. I asked, and yeah? he's like, we don't all know each other. Oh, and I was like, well, well you were Marine there response. in this, right? I was like, you were there at the same time, and how do you feel about that? <laughs> but like, so. You're like, let's unpack it. Yeah, but maybe if they met. I think they'd be fast friends. I'm sure <laughs> that they would have some ties together, yes. whether they like it or not. It's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were basically in the same area at the same time. And they're in the same years. Exactly. exactly. And they're like yeah. the same age, too, which exactly. is crazy. Exactly. So, um, and Marines are also like the smallest of the of the forces. Yeah. So that's why we're putting two and two together, boys. Exactly. We talked about how, so like, guys, mm. like, I'm setting... <laughs> We're basically setting up our husbands, yes, Dave and yeah, Brendan. Exactly. They're going to like go or fishing yeah. and like hunt or whatever they're going to do with guy time. But like yeah. it is it is funny how it's like as women now, I think, who've had these guys in our lives for a while, it's like I want them to have that community. Yeah. I want them to find that, to feel seen. Yeah. And what I have found is that more men have chronic pain than I've ever really realized. All the men in my life, including my Gen Z nephew, has chronic mm -hmm. pain, and now he's deciding to become a bodybuilder, and I'm like terrified for him, because wow. um, mm -hmm. his mom, my sister, has a very complex relationship with eating, and she her weight fluctuates almost every other year. Or so yeah, that's like a lot. A, mm, that's it is, hard. and so as much as I love her, I think it's transferring mm -hmm. a bit to him, and yeah. he's just trying to become an influencer in the in the in the weightlifting space, and I'm like, okay, I'll be there for you when you want to make content, but like I'm still kind of like a little nervous yeah. about that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, with, with, with men, I mean, I, th I think they're, you know, also my husband too, right? Yeah. So it's not just the pain, but it's the body image where as they're getting older, this whole concept of dad bod <laughs> came yeah. into play. And like initially it was like, oh, no, don't worry. It's so hot. Like Leo DiCaprio's doing it. Like everyone's doing it. <laughs> but I think they caught on and they're like, no, like I don't think I want to be a, have a dad bod. Like yeah. my husband for the last year has completely changed his, he went back to working out. He dropped like 40 pounds Good and it was pretty healthy, but yeah. it was fast. Mm -hmm. And you know, I honestly, I don't work out. Um, so it's just, I can't, I can't relate, <laughs> but I, I, I get it. And it's on my agenda to do. Um, I, I do the no sleep Olympics though, like yeah. for six years. Like I've, I've never slept full nights since I, my kids were born. So oh, yeah. that's my workout. Uh, mm -hmm. And so he, um, yeah, he's really changed. He's dropped yeah. 40 pounds. He's ran a marathon. Um, but he has from, I feel like it might be from the Marines. Yeah. Some, I don't know if it's. How does his inflammation show up? Girl. 
And always. Yeah. So when we were when we got engaged, we were in Venice, Italy. Mm-hmm. What well, a great place! Venice, yeah. California, yeah. Venice, Italy, right? <laughs> we were in Venice, Italy, yeah. and I was head over heels for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I had had my heart broken a bunch, and finally we met. It was six months after dating, and it was fast, furious, romantic. We're in Venice. It's like a movie, yeah. and 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 he gets. We go first night of our trip. We get limoncello shots, alcohol. Yeah. And so we're we're just draining them. We get wasted. We're having a blast. He hops on someone's Vespa. I go with two ladies. We all end up at the same after hours, you know, yeah. bar somewhere in Rome. And he's like, ciao. And he's like on a Vespa. It was like this fantastic night. It's like a movie. The next day, he's throwing up uncontrollably. Mm. Um, he, he's got bile acid, you know, TMI, whatever. But <laughs> we'll do a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> And it's just like it's it's like I've never seen anything like it. He's 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 like hunched over in pain. He has to go to the hospital, and in Italy, the hospital is um, you know it's not it's socialist. So he's literally having to he had to sleep over in Florence because we went from Rome, and then his pain kept going, and he kept eating, and he kept trying. He didn't drink anymore, but he kept trying to like mask. Yeah. I can do this. I can keep eating. Like I love her. This is our romantic trip. Mm-hmm. And he's suffering, suffering, suffering. And he's very emotional too because mm-hmm. what I've found over time is just how you know, he'll tell me mm-hmm. I, I feel hopeless when I'm sick like this. Mm-hmm. And for an extended period of time, it's it's very emotional thing for him. He ends up staying overnight in Florence and hearing a guy like like a flatline like mm-hmm. with, with like mm-hmm. a sheet like or not even a sheet next to him kind of thing. And so then Gosh. He works up, I think it's like a fight or flight that he had and was like, he proposed to me on the gondola and he said, you know, Christy, I think it was the adrenaline, but I was able to propose to you and no pain was in my body. Mm. So I knew what I was signing up for in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, he's like a a wounded veteran, right? (laughs) Wounded veteran. But it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was that I I loved him so much that I would take him for, you know, in that sickness and health. Mm But it's hard. It's hard to have it's, a partner with chronic pain. It's really hard on the partner, for sure. Yeah, what I is mean, it like for Dave? It's a big struggle for him. And it was, especially in the very beginning, because to to the outside, it does not look like anything's wrong with me. So that's why a lot of, I think this can also be a totally separate conversation, but I think that's another reason why a lot of people with autoimmune disease get gaslight. And yeah, you had that, you experienced that, right? Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried for years to try and figure it out. And it wasn't until I had a blackout while driving to work in LA. And I blacked out because I had a blood clot in my brain. And oh my gosh. Thankfully, I was fine. But yeah, I pulled over. And then like after mass amounts of testing later, that's when we found out. But I mean, some mornings were so bad that like Dave would even have to like rub my elbows or my knees to like... Mm. Just get like simple functionality going. Mm -hmm. And then with the migraines, like I would just be around a toilet bowl and like on the floor. And I'm like, I just need cold compresses and I need like the coolest part of the floor and Mm -hmm. all the things. So can you relate to that concept of hopelessness when you're in chronic pain? Absolutely. I mean, it's like depression for sure, which even just like, which leads to a whole nother aspect of inflammation right yeah does it is is depression related to inflammation totally and Mm -hmm. actually 
you know, you would think that more men would struggle with inflammation, um, but actually more women struggle with inflammation um, based on research. Hmm. And on top of that, more women suffer from mood disordered inflammation, such as depression. And so you kind of look at, again, I love going to the root. What is, why, why is this? And if you think about the mental load that we carry as mothers, as friends, as sisters, as people as paid less, yeah, <laughs> totally, <laughs> literally all of the and things, as, <laughs> and yeah. as victims of, of diet culture, there's yeah. a lot riding on us. But the difference so between men and women is we have that societal norm to talk about it, just like three women are mm-hmm. doing right now. Mm-hmm. Men, you know, again. Talking in general, just terms. to even set them up, yeah. is like a, at a I'm dog so park. Excited. It's like they sniff each other's butts yes. and like, are we cool? <laughs> do you like sports or do you yeah. like this or whatever? Yeah, you like feel it out before you start to even get into the, yeah. you know. But sorry, you were saying I, you were said you were excited. No, I'm excited for Dave and Brendan to have like this friendship because but why even like we're so excited with, for them, you know? Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> even because Dave, like after seeing the drastic change of like how food and mindfulness and breath work and exercise and all these things like kind of working together like healed my chronic pain and inflammation for the majority. Um, for like seven years, you yeah. said. So he, he too is like coming home from hockey now. Like he plays pickup hockey a few mm-hmm. days a week. He'll come home and he'll be like, hey, did you know, like, can you believe one of the guys, he like eats this and he's complaining about his hip. It's probably inflammation. Like, he tries to like, <laughs> now he's like full on all about it. By the way, we've been trying to convert Dave Coulier for about five, six years. And he, now he's like a full believer. He was like it's a so big exciting. calorie counter at first. And I'm like, you can't say the C word in our house. Yeah. Like, you cannot say calorie. I'm, yeah, I love that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the fact that we can talk about it, I think releases some of that. But because men keep so many things bottled up and especially military men, you know, I, I know very little. I, Do you mind if I share what Ben said last night? <laughs> sure. So I was talking with her, Mel's husband last night and we're like, so what, like the feelings, like, you know, were you able to speak to like what you were really going through? Or like, did you talk to any of like your peers? And he's like, we weren't allowed to have feelings. We're not allowed to speak. That wasn't a thing. You're just like not allowed to have emotion. Feelings are dangerous in feelings that situation. Yeah. yeah, your because liability. it makes you vulnerable. Well, yeah, for yeah. Marines, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Is he talking about when he was in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I asked oh, yeah. him last night, I said, you know, do you bottle up your emotions because of the Marines or because of your childhood? And his answer was yes. <laughs> it was like, yes. Yes, yes. yes. And then nothing after that. It, that's <laughs> and that pretty much like, well, sums up my, yeah. <laughs> my life. No, he's, he certainly has become much more emotionally available since being together. And also, I and think I having, a child, yes. having a child and having a child really does. Oh, he is like. I forgot, do you have a girl or a boy? A girl. Yeah, yeah. that's girl dad stuff. Oh, he's mm-hmm. like full girl dad, just yeah. totally. That breaks him her. right open. I think it's Absolutely. the karma. I think it's the karma. I think the worst ones get the girls. Yeah, <laughs> I caught him the other day. He's like telling me, like, Emma, guess what happened today? Like, I, I want to tell you all about it. And oh. I'm like, I don't get that. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's great. That's so cool. Well, okay, so, so you guys said you had a lot of things in the works, but I mean, where can people find you and 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 what should they bring you? Like when what yeah. state of their relationship to either food mm-hmm. or their um, holistic care should they be like, you know what, I'm, I've heard them on Vulnerable. I want to go and try to. Yeah. So we are on social platforms as Living Well with Mel and Mel. 
Uh, we also have a website, Living Well with Mel and Mel. If you sign up for our newsletter, that's a great way to get like really juicy information that's just curated for that mailing list. So we really try to make sure that you're you're taking away at all times something tangible um, and something doable, right? That's not intimidating. That's not over the top. We really teach like the habit stacking of like doing one small thing and just kind of doing it until you're comfortable with that. And then like maybe you add something else, right? I'm definitely signing up for this. Yeah. Awesome. We don't- the, the, the practicality of it, is, and it's free. Yeah. It's free? It's totally. Free. It's a free newsletter. Yeah. Sign up. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. It's free. And so then we also do different, we're working on a course right now so that you can really like learn how to curate your own life, right? So in living well for you specifically, and we really say it's like stay in your lane while you're celebrating others, right? Everyone's driving in a different lane. So just make sure that your road is as clear as it can be for mm-hmm. your own body. And so we have a few other projects that are exciting that are going to be coming out, but we'll, those will be in the newsletter. Yes. So sign up Stay for the tuned. newsletter. Yeah. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you for coming all yes, the way from Michigan. Yeah. I'm, I'm very touched by that. Thank you so much for coming. Thank that means you for a lot to me. It means the world to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of The Vulnerable Podcast. For clips of this episode, go ahead and check out the Podco YouTube channel. Links in the description. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as I... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian.